The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. Happy spooky season to all you Flyers fans. A time of year where we uh, always see Flyers colors, which is always pretty cool. And it's a little weird as well. Obviously, obviously, most years, this is a time where the Flyers are kind of picking up the season. They're getting going, and right now, instead, we're in the offseason, but Brooke, Brooke and myself are making the best of it. Uh, Brooke, first, happy Halloween, and also, I want to ask you, we're going to do a few, like I said, Halloween-themed things, and my first question for you is, this was a very positive, very promising flyer season, but as we know in hockey, some scary things happen sometimes. We saw some scary plays happen during this flyer season. If you could pick one, maybe one of your scariest plays, what would it be? I mean, the first one that comes to mind is obviously when Provorov blocked a shot in the playoffs um, and went down and stayed down. Yeah. Um, that was scared the crap out of me because you've never really seen him struggle to get up. Obviously, he was fine, but that initially just, I think everyone's hearts like sunk to the bottom of their stomachs. Um, but aside from that, I was cracking up when I was trying to think of this because this was the season of broken fingers. Yeah. We had Michael Raffle, Scott Lawton, and James Van Riemsdyk all throughout different times. Um, Lawton and Raffle was toward toward December, and then um, JVR's was right in the beginning of March. And I just thought that that was (laughs) – not that they're scary in the sense, but obviously any type of injury is concerning. But I don't know. I just – I was thinking of the, it's the season of broken fingers. So that's – and things – sometimes bad things happen in threes. Yeah. So three broken fingers. That's, I <laughs> that's what I thought of. I, that, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I forgot about that, that they really just had some bad luck. And they were all kind of fluky plays, if I recall. I remember mm-hmm. GVR was, I think, trying to – was he trying to block a shot? If I, remember. They, I think they were all off of block shots. Yeah. yeah. And it just the weird bounces and everything. It was – Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's freaky. That was, and, they, and those injuries, man, they can really cost you time. Obviously, in hockey, like the, the, a finger is so crucial. I remember – Lawton, I know, I think only played 49 games this season, so he missed 20 overall. Obviously not all from the finger. I know he had another ailment. Uh, Raffle missed, I think, around a month. And JVR was set to miss that, the, the remainder of the regular season. But then obviously this, mm-hmm. this stoppage occurred with the coronavirus pandemic. But, man, that, that, those are some scary ones because you, you just cringe when you see him and you, and, and you worry that 
that's broken and that could be some time. <laughs> right. Well, you also think about it in the sense it's like, I can never picture myself as a professional athlete personally, because I played sports growing up. I was not that great at it. Um, I don't believe that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the longest sport that I played for like a significant time was basketball. And I just remember the times where I would just jam my finger yeah. and oh my gosh, I couldn't move. Like I was like, this is it. This is the end. Uh, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even imagine having that kind of toughness mentality of enduring that. And it's just a finger. Like there are so many more crazy and severe injuries that can happen in the games. But yeah, I just, I, I think about that all the time when there's like injuries that I've like semi endured and I'm like, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. I love the cut it off. Just <laughs> It's done. Um, it's done. Just uh, snip. <laughs> Brooke, it's just jammed. Cut it off. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's a really good one. Those, those three broken fingers, that was just so weird. You just don't always see that typically. Um, yeah, for me, it was a fun story. It, this is more fun for me. It wasn't really anything serious, but at the time it was kind of sc scary. I remember uh, way back in September, uh, training camp, uh, we're watching uh, drills in the afternoon and Carter Hart suddenly just went down to his knee. Yes. And he was, Oh my God, I forgot yeah. about that. And I remember that was like, obviously there was just so much hype around Carter Hart being the number one this year, full season for Carter Hart. He is our future. And it wasn't long. It might've been three days in the training camp and all of a sudden in the middle of a drill, he's down on his knee and like, he's not picking up his head. He was down for quite a bit. And and that was at the time, obviously, before coronavirus, where fans were allowed to watch for free. And, you know, they're all up and along the boards, and all the fans are just quiet. We're all watching as media folks, and we're just like, is he going to be okay? <laughs> um, oh gosh. And, you know, players come by. They start to tap him on the helmet. He gets up, and he collects himself, and he's fine. He finishes practice. But at that point, I'm thinking, um, you know, I should still go down and check on him after practice. I, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't. So we go down. And we go up to him and we just double check. We're like, Carter, we saw you were down on a knee, like everything okay. And I, I had the quotes right here. He just goes, yeah, I, I got it right in the nuts. And we're, <laughs> we're like, all right. And at that point we knew exactly what happened. Obviously a puck went somewhere where you never want it to go. And he said, it didn't feel very good. He goes, I thought maybe they crawled up into my stomach at that, after that. And we couldn't help but laugh. Like we were all just <laughs> laughing. I, at that point, I think it was just me and a few other writers, maybe I think Charlie O'Connor at The Athletic was there, a um, few others, but it was funny. And uh, funny that it wasn't anything serious, and it was just one of those things that uh, you need to collect yourself. But I just right. remember fans, like I, I remember personally tweeting out and just saying, hey, you know, heart is down. Here's a video. Here's a picture. Uh, like, we'll try to find out more. Hopefully he's okay. And then once we got that news from the, the man himself, I think everyone could kind of laugh, but that was a moment early in the season that I was like, Oh boy, let's hope uh, he's all right. Yeah. I remember I was in the office that day. I was not at training camp and I remember seeing your tweet and then watching Twitter slowly implode because they're like, of course this is what's going to happen because why would the flyers have something good for once? Why? So that, Oh my gosh. And then I just remember when you tweeted the update, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, not only was it just like a sigh of relief, yeah. it just kind of, it's like, all right, it's, this is considered 
very insignificant now, but it turned into a really hysterical moment. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that until you just brought that up. Because it seems like it was three seasons ago. Really <laughs> I swear. <laughs> when I, yeah, when I looked it back up today, I think deep down, I, in the back of my mind a little bit, I was like, wait, was that from another season? I, I It was, that's how long ago it feels. And I know it was from this training camp, believe it or not. But yeah, I, I just remember thinking like, gosh, Twitter, Twitter is going to implode once we tell you know, folks, and that's our job, obviously, as you know, it's like, we got to tell you what's going on. And we hopefully can tell you more when we find it out. But uh, I remember, yeah, Flyers Twitter, I think was thinking exactly what you just said. We finally have a goalie, we finally have someone in net and the future. And uh, yeah, we can't have nice things. But so that was something for me. (laughs) At Nissan, we just made your choice for a new car an easier one than ever with our most exciting and fuel efficient lineup. The choice is yours. Now get great offers across our full line. Shop at your local Nissan store today at NissanUSA.com. All right, Brooke, let's move forward with this Hall of Theme scary edition here. We're going to look ahead, though, now to next season. If there is a team that scares you the most, Brooke, for the Flyers, or a team that should scare the Flyers the most in the Metropolitan Division, who do you think it is? Well, I have said this time and time again, and I'm going to stick to, I'm I'm sticking to my word. The Metro is the most talented division in the league, hands down. Yeah. And it got to the point where there were, it was maybe like a season and a half, two years ago, where it was like, okay, there's a clear divide. There's really great teams, and then there's the few bad ones. Um, the devils are still bad. <laughs> That's, that has not changed. That is normal. They are, not um, scary. <laughs> they are not spooky. They are not scary. They do not live up to their name. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, I mean, I don't really see the penguins being a concern next year. Yeah. Sidney Crosby is always going to be in flyers heads and sure. I just don't think it's going to be – they're going to be as threatening. Um, Capitals got lobby. Yeah. And that scares me because I love Peter Laviolette. Like, I think he is one of the best coaches that I've ever watched in my, like, upcoming in hockey. Yeah. Um, so I was – really upset when he was fired really early into that one season. But yeah, the, the concern for Capitals having a legitimate coach again after trots is last year, they were a mess mm-hmm. coaching staff wise. And they, they weren't really going to hesitate. They're like, Oh, I mean, listen, Ovechkin, I can see him playing in the league till he's 45, yeah. <laughs> but he's getting older. And I think that it's, it's, pretty much a clear consensus that they want another cup in Washington. So them having a pretty solid coaching staff now concerns me, yeah. but who knows? Who knows? And then I also always say, keep an eye out for the hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're... I feel like a lot of people underplay them and they are a very talented young up and coming team. So ugh, scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, a, a very a very deep division, like you said. I think it's ar- like you could argue uh, that it's by you know really probably the deepest and toughest division 
it definitely was, I think, last season, Brooke. And I, I think uh, it could very much be the same, like you said, coming up next season. I, I have to go with that same team. I, wanted, I have to agree with you. I was thinking maybe the Penguins, just given they still have, obviously, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, they're going to be healthier this year. Obviously, we know how banged up they were last year. Um, obviously, they made some additions, Kasperi Kapanen, some other guys like that. Um, so I think they're always going to be there. I don't want to forget the Islanders. I don't think they're going to go away. Um, I that think team is such an odd ball. You know, it it's is. such a wild card because you don't really expect them to be that great. And then the Flyers can't beat them if their lives depended on it. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, a, it's almost like you wonder that's still going to be a bad matchup for the Flyers come next season, which, you know, that, you know, you guys see those teams typically four times in a season. They can be a thorn in your side and give you some trip, some trouble or some fits. Um, but, yeah, the Capitals, like you said, Peter Laviolette, that's huge. Another experienced coach. And I think the biggest thing with him is he has a track record of getting immediate success early on with his teams. Um, with the Hurricanes, he won a Stanley Cup in his first full season leading that team. Uh, obviously, he took the Flyers to the Cup, uh, taking over midseason, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, and then with the Predators, he had immediate success, really good regular seasons, and then he took them to the Stanley Cup. Uh, didn't win it with them or the Flyers, but took them in the third year um, of his time in Nashville. So, yeah, really has good experience taking teams and molding them quickly. And he's got some good clay there in, in Washington with Alex Ovechkin. They bring in Henrik Lundqvist, an experienced goalie who's dying for a cup, as you know, Brooke. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Capitals, that's a scary team. They even really uh, helped their back end. They got Justin Schultz and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So now they're a little stronger on D, but I think that they were, I think they really were and are a coach away kind of from getting back to where they were. So that's, that's the team for me, Brooke. I got to go with that. Oh, the Metro. It just, you think about it all the time. And I remember there was a point last season, I think it was maybe late January. Once the flyers really started to get things going, um, that I think it was like, five of the top 11 teams in the league were all metropolitan division. Yeah. And it's like, that's insane. Yep. Like, and, like nobody. And then the devils are like way down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an insane thing to think about because typically you might see like maybe two or three, you have basically 75% of the division. Yeah. Right. Right. Breaking through the doors of top 10 if not top five in the league. It's crazy. And like, so, it's, yeah, like you're right. Like the, like even the Rangers started coming on late in the year and obviously got into the 2014 tournament and they have a heart finalist. Um, they're adding, they just added the number one pick. <laughs> um, obviously they have some youth and a young goalie and um, like, that's a team not to forget. Like you said, the division is just crazy. It's really good. Yeah. I think, I think, Last year, things started coming together for the Rangers. And, I mean, listen, I, I understand the the getting overly hype for a team that gets good out of nowhere yeah. because that's, that's basically when the Flyers would have those random 10-game winning streaks and then not make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> geez, they're stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but when you look at with the Rangers, like you do see that they're – they are building this chemistry. And like you said, they, they're another young team. And now, especially because first overall draft, because of course, of yeah. course, 
it had to go to a metropolitan team. Yep. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind. But I think not this season, but the next two, like two to three years, they're going to be scary. Yeah. But I think the Flyers will be better. I like that. Yeah, that's in the Flyers are really going up too. We know they have we know they have some youth that they like that they like as well, of course, in net as well. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. To wrap up this Halloween themed edition podcast, we're gonna get into one more scary question. What Flyers player could have the scariest breakout next year? Scariest for NHL opponents. So I'm really excited for this one. I am planning on saving this audio and pulling up receipts at the end of next season because I'm going to be like, ahaha, I told everybody. I told everyone. I think Oscar Lindblom is going to come back and be one of the top point producers on this team. And it had, he had a very good chance of it being last season because he was tied for most goals. When, uh, before his diagnosis came out in December. I 125% believe that he is going to come back and be an instant elevation to the Flyers roster. And I am so excited for him to have that after the last year that he's had to endure. So it's Oscar Lindblom. He's going to scare the crap out of everybody. And I can't wait. <laughs> I love that one. That's a great one. Um, I could even sense at the end when he, uh, at the end of the NHL's uh, return to play tournament, when Oscar Lindblom came back and played two games, you could obviously know, like, understandably so, he was not himself. He was not, you know, the same player that he was before his cancer diagnosis. Uh, but in his post-game interview after that game, seven loss to the Islanders, he said, he said, I'm just excited to get after it this offseason and uh, really kind of start anew again. And you could sense some motivation in there that he was like, you know what, I obviously was not myself these, these two games, um, and I'm excited to get back at it and, and be myself again. So, yeah, I, I love that. That's a great pick. And, boy, would that be exciting to see for Flyers fans, for Oscar. Um, yeah, look out NHL. I think when Oscar Lemon comes back, he will be a motivated, motivated player. Uh, for me, I'll go a young winger as well. I'm going to go Joel Farabee. Why not? Okay. I think Farabee has such a – I think he has such a high offensive ceiling. I really do. And I think, you know, getting the rookie season out of the way where he was kind of up and down, in and out of the lineup a little bit, changing roles, I think he's going to really kind of find his role, find his niche. And I think he's going to provide offense. He did a little bit of offense um, this past season in his rookie year. But um, I just think the sky's the limit for him offensively. And I think they're really looking at him, the Flyers are looking at him to be a guy to take a major stride offensively, produce points, produce goals, make plays, make things happen. I think you put him around some talented guys, uh, he's going to do that. So I'm going to go Joel Farabee, Brooke. I think we have some two fun, exciting young wingers to pick from right there. Oh, it's, so, it's so great. And I, I said it from training camp last year. I, was, I always had a feeling that Farabee was going to be that next prospect who made the first jump to making the roster. I know that a lot of people – had their eyes set on Morgan Frost immediately coming up to the AHL and then thinking that he was going to make the roster. I think that Farabee, and again, it's, it's, it's not really fair to compare the two of them, um, but it's going to happen 
regardless, just because there are so many prospects to look at. But Faraby has been so strong in transitioning from one league to the next to the next. And obviously going from college hockey to professional NHL level style play is basically the most dramatic jump that you can get in your career. So I think for the time that he has had, and he's so young, Mm -hmm. and that's another thing to be so excited about. It's that now that he has one interesting year, given circumstances under his belt, he's another age, he's another year older. He has playoff experience now. I think that that's all going to help him next season to really just kind of explode offensively, like you said. And yeah, it's the Flyers are going to be so threatening depth wise. And I think that's why they're going to be considered one of the top teams in the league. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, general manager Chuck Fletcher wasn't, uh, you know, chomping at the bit in free agency to go out and land guys. I think they really genuinely like their depth. They like these young kids. Um, Heck Oscar Lindblom had 11 goals before his cancer diagnosis. He was on pace for 30. Um, Joel Farabee is a guy that I think everyone knows can score probably 20 plus goals. He will in his career at some point. So, yeah, you know, like that's two guys right there. You know, if Oscar Lindblom scores 30 uh, last season and Joel Farabee can be a 20 goal guy, that's, you know, that's 50 goals. That's a lot of points. Obviously we're not expecting Oscar to go out and put up 30. Um, If he does awesome. If Joel Farabee goes out and puts up 20 awesome, but again, a lot of potential there and you can see why the flyers like it, but Brooke Destra, what a fun episode. Happy Halloween. Thank you so much as always. And a special thank you as well to our podcast producer, Ben Berry. Happy Halloween, Flyers fans. Thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.